you damn right. Hope everybody is having a great Monday. A little bit of wet weather in the area. Watch out for that rain. We hope you're getting enough of it, but not too much of it. Crazy wild weekend of football. Oh, there's a baseball champion to talk about as well, and we've even got tickets for you this hour. A chance for you to go see the Texas Longhorns officially in the regular season open up the Moody Center tonight. All that's coming. It's Chad and Zay on a Monday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined as always by Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's poppin', Chad? Hey, Frank Wright. Happy Black What you did yesterday. (laughs) What he did yesterday with Sam Ellinger, I'm sorry. I'm a little turned up. Sam was sacked nine times yesterday. That's a joke. He deserved to be fired. Wow. All right. I'm glad I got that dub button on already. Man, we are getting started (laughs) on a Monday. Jeez. All right. Uh, There has been a firing in the NFL. Normally, Black Monday happens a little bit different time of the year. Normally, Black Monday is that, what would that be, the December, late December, early January after week 17. Nope. But today is Black Monday for Frank Reich. He has been fired as coach of the Colts. What a weird, weird start to Sam Ellinger's time as a starter in the league. So let me see if I get this straight, Zay. He gets to be the starter. One game into that, they fire his OC, trying to make, I guess, him the scapegoat for what's going on. And now two weeks into it, after the Patriots, as you pointed out, sacked him nine times, now his head coach is gone. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what happens. That's what happens. Like, Frank Wright, this team was supposed to be a really good team that gets, I don't know, close to the playoffs. I know last year they messed up everything with Carson Wentz. year before, Phillip Rivers, he somehow finessed their way in. And, yeah, there's just too much change in Indianapolis. And then now with Sam Ellinger, he hasn't had a fair, you know, go. I mean, here we are. You're playing against Bill Belichick, and we know what he does with young quarterbacks. But to be sacked that many times, to train Hines to, what, Miami? You know, Buffalo. The Buffalo, yeah. I'm sorry, to train him to Buffalo. It's just a lot of weird stuff going on there. And, yeah, Black Monday came early for Frank. And the craziest part is a couple years ago, I would have told you nobody blocks better than the Colts. Nobody protects a quarterback better than the Colts do. No. I mean, they used to be just, just uh, what feels like a couple of minutes ago. They were the best blocking team to me in the league. And oh, that- Quentin Nelson, he looks like an amateur out there. My Colts fans are going at him because the display that he showed yesterday, you don't see that from all That's pro weird. guards. He, yeah, you can yeah, lose it like so that. Good. You can lose it like that. It's Man. the NFL. Like, if you have a certain injury and you're with a certain scheme that you're not used to, you're playing around certain guys, like, you know, hey, they're clearly not prepared. And when you got a guy like that, you're all pro getting beat the way he did. Again, Sam Ellinger, nine sacks yesterday. That's an absolute joke. Frank deserved what he got today, and now they're looking for a new coach. All right. So if you're streaming at hornfm.com or on the app, you got a little. Uh, Whoa, a little verbal gift to start the show today. Chad Zay on a Monday. <laughs> and uh, a lot of a lot of folks I know fired up about that. A lot of folks happy about what the Longhorns were able to do in Manhattan. We will definitely get into that. And even though you know well that I was not rooting for them, we've got to give the Astros their love. So let's go ahead and hit the spec set piece, and we will talk about Manhattan and ring number two. 
The Specs Set Piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. The biggest saves of the match start at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. Specs, the fun starts here. All right, uh, and uh, why don't we start with that championship first? Uh, to all, I got a lot of Astros fans in my life. Um, parade going on right now. The parade. Uh, did they get a parade? I don't know if they got. Did they get it set that quick for today? It's today. It yeah. is today. It's okay. Today. Uh, then probably yeah. I'm I'm guessing that's going to be around a noon noon to two window, something like that. Um, my wife grew up in the Houston area, and uh, I wouldn't call her the biggest Astros fan I've ever met, but she digs the Astros. She's turned my daughter into an Astros fan. Oh, that's brutal. My daughter loves Altuve. She loved some of those guys on the 2017 team. She digs Pena, so they were really happy um, to get to see it on Saturday night. I got in laws that are Houston. And folk, we got Aaron Hogan right here in the building with us, lifelong Astros guy. So it is a special thing when your team wins a title, and this one Zay's got a little extra something on it. Uh, Astros get the win; they win it four-one, and now they get to put themselves in a historic perspective that you just can't have with one one ring. No, you can't have it. Now we'll t- we can talk about what that one ring was, but if they just had that, you don't get to you don't get to really you know play We're around. We're not having the conversation about the dy- dynasty. Right. You don't even, you don't get to be called a dynasty. You barely get to be called dynastic uh, at that moment. But now, since 1980, Toronto had the back to back. The Yankees had the three peat. And then Boston has had two different times where they would have won two in a six-year period. Now, their last one's tainted, obviously, in 18, just like the Astros is in 17. Beautiful. But they didn't take them away. So the championships are the championships. Astros get two in six years. They are only now the fourth te- the fourth franchise since 1980 to pull that off. Uh, a lot of excitement on Saturday. Only the Schwarber homer uh, for Philly. And when Jordan Alvarez... Hit that ball, everything changed. What a hit! My God! Like to that part of the center field, that's that's special. And yeah, Zach Wheeler, he played a pretty solid game. But then they put in my man, who did he hit it off of Alvarado? Yep, the lefty. Yeah. They wanted to go lefty, lefty, lefty. lefty. Is that what tried, you do? That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. But when we talked about this with Jordan Alvarez. They've tried to do that with him all postseason long, whether it was the Yankees or now the Phillies. Try to go lefty on lefty, and he likes it like that. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're gonna throw it in his sweet spot, then you see what we saw on Saturday, and that was a big time, you know, three run home run to kind of seal the deal. And yeah, here we are talking about the Astros winning the ring. And shout out to him, Unk, man. I. Dusty Baker, mm-hmm. just how happy he was, how much love everybody was showing him. Like it was incredible. Every, it seemed yeah. like everybody in baseball wanted him to win one. Whether you like the Astros or not, you could feel good about Dusty Baker finally getting over that hump, and he definitely deserves it. I know I come on here and give him crap and stuff about his voice. You know, you know what I'm saying? We finally got over the hump, Zach. We you got, got one, got Skip. We got one, Skip, baby. you got it. got one. I got two picks for the rest of my life. And I'm talking about one more next year. I'm talking <laughs> Next year. Yeah. So you heard him, like you know, he's already talking about next year. Win another, win another ring because he understands when you got guys like Jose Altuve and you got a rookie like Jeremy Pena, who's a Gold Glover, who's an absolute baller and an absolute gamer. Like 
you're, it's your rookie year, and you're making big-time clutch hits. You're making big-time throws, playing one of the most important positions in all of baseball at shortstop. And I don't think anything phased Jeremy Pena all season long. And I'll continue to say this, Carlos Correa, who – like you're oh, you're, you're filling his yeah. shoes. Like that's tough to do. Everybody's been wondering what are the Astros going to do without Carlos Correa? Should they have paid him all that money? And they were like, no, because we got a guy coming up that might be better than dude. Yeah, and they not flipped. might be. Now oh. it's not might be. Hey, I, yeah. Now it's for sure. Yeah, because he is the first position player ever to win a league series MVP and a World Series MVP. The there you year. go. Yeah, year one. First position player to do it. Yeah, year one. So that that says a lot about this farm system and their triple-A team, double-A, et cetera. And, yeah, they for sure deserve this one. Can't take this one away from them. You mentioned the Alvarez homer. I hope the people, everybody that's been to Minute Maid, I hope you appreciate where he hit that ball. It's silly where he put that baseball. Like, you go out to dead center. And there's that big now that it used to be the hill out there, but now they just have that wall of like grass. It, it did and used then, to be that weird hill. It used to be the weird hill. Now it's the grass thing with the H on it. Then above that is this level where you have like restaurants. I think shout out Torchy's Tacos. I think there's a Torchy's out there, and there's something else. People go out. It's like a little deck kind of area where you go eat. He hit it up there. Yo. If you have been in that stadium, you know where he hit it. It's crazy to consider what he did. But the history of it, Zay, I love. So Alvarez in now has three go-ahead homers with his team trailing in the sixth inning or later. He has three of them in the postseason. All this postseason, by the way, and you all know which ones they are. There are 59 other players that are tied for second place with one, and he's got three of them. That's crazy. That's bananas. Just incredible. Congratulations to the Astros for getting that win. There is a certain amount of redemption there. There is a certain amount of vindication there for all those critics that want to talk about 2017, which is still allowed. Again, there's a taint to it. There is a tainted quality to that. Very toxic, yeah. But to get a second one – that helps you build. I've heard Rod Babers talk about it. It's almost like the Patriots thing. If the Patriots just had the Spygate or just had the one where they were spying on the Rams and that's it, that's what people might talk about. But remember, the league didn't come back and punish them specific. I guess they did get a little, they did get punished for those things later on, but they didn't take the title, just like the Astros. So you get to keep the title, but then to get another one like this. And then to have a chance, and when Dusty Baker talks about maybe next year, obviously then now the Astros get to kind of live in the Spurs world. Because the Spurs world was you've got a cool little dynasty that's sort of your own version of it, but you do not have a back-to-back. If the Astros put a back-to-back together, now you take yourself to a different level. Because that's where Toronto is in my lifetime. That's where the Yankees were with that three in a row. Getting back-to-back is uh, is huge, too. That's what the Astros are obviously going to try to do next year. But Yeah, it's so hard to do. We saw the Giants. They went like every other year, what, yep. 2010, 2012, 2014. Right. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult just because it's baseball and anything could happen. You have to have so many things go right with your bullpen, your starting pitching, your hitting, and you have to be clicking around September and October. But you heard what Dusty Baker said. 
That's what they're reaching out to do. He was saying that in all his, you know, pressers and post game. I'm trying to go for two, thanking his parents and stuff, and every all the players that got him in this position. Like he truly believes, and you have to with this squad. They're gonna bring back basically everybody. It's, you know, I heard Kate Upton out there. She wasn't going Giselle on him. She was saying, No, she wasn't. Yo, I love my man. This what he does is art, and I want him to pitch yeah. as long as possible because I am a true supporter, and I love my man. I'm gonna root him on. Uh, Giselle, take notes. Tom Brady's at home. Like, hey, can I give me a woman <laughs> like that? What the hell? <laughs> Homie's like 45 too. Like, hey, but it's just, it's a different game. I get it, but still, like everything could go their way where they could repeat in 2023, and I think they have everything and all the ingredients to go back-to-back, for sure. Yeah, after, I mean, other than Verlander and Guriel, they have some serious young talent, and if those guys want to come back, I'm sure they can figure out, uh, you know, ways to to work them into the plan, but it was cool to hear, yeah, Kate Upton say, I love love watching my man do what he does, and I'll I'll continue to do that. Uh, One of our listeners, Zay, has sent us a picture of a Houston Astro neck pillow that they said is for you if you Yo, would, send me that if you would like to uh, maybe wear that so they they rock it they might send that to you so joe if you want to get that uh to zay we can uh, we can figure that out <laughs> somebody says all the love they showed dusty they almost killed the poor man in the dugout when they dogpiled <laughs> you see him grabbing onto the fence i felt bad for my man dusty in his surgical gloves <laughs> he reached up he was grabbing that fence so he wouldn't fall down oh, don't man. knock the man down hey, hey it was great to see that love hey, he, it he was. talked about him getting that monkey off his back and i saw Lance McCullers, he was hyped too. He, I know he was. Oh, hyped. you know he he's excited. Want, he ain't want to see that in Game Seven. I no. know what all Astros fans are saying. Oh, Lance would have been ready at home. He's that type of guy. With what he showed in the game that he started in Philly, I don't think Lance wanted any part of that Game Seven because Game Seven that's a different type of nerve. Yeah, if it had been him and you get a couple innings in and they see him that way again and they start <laughs> knocking balls out and the crowd gets nervous, yeah, you didn't want any of that. Hey, Coach, that el- my elbow's swelling up again. Oh. It's swelling up a little bit. Yeah, you don't want that as an Astros fan. So congrats to all you Astros fans out there. If you have thoughts on it, 337-3776 is the Specs text line. A little later this hour, we do have your chance to win Texas basketball tickets. Texas and UTEP tonight going to officially open the Moody Center for regular season play. Men play Monday and uh, Thursday this week and then the women will play on Friday. So Shout out to Coach Beard on getting Ron Holland to the ATX. That was a big time signing. Best player in Texas 2023. Yeah, that's in the, so that's this next class, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Duncanville, 6'9", long, rangy, super athletic. That's a big time get for Chris Beard and his coaching staff. I knew it had to be a big deal because they kept throwing it on the crawl during college football. Yeah. They were, you know, it's like, okay, that's man, that's a big deal. Yeah, you, you, well you done, know, Beard. One, one thing about these five-star players with me, Chad, when you showcase how good you are with your peers when you play for the USA national team, for whether you're like under 17, under 16 team, whenever you represent your country and you go and you play against all these other countries and you could still play with other really, really good players and stand out – with those really good players, Ron Holland did that mm. whenever USA won their under-17 championship. He stood out with a league full of really good players. Like, Ron Holland uh, is a big-time uh, uh, gift for Chris Beard out of Duncanville. The best of the best kind of guy. Yeah, he's um, the best player in Texas. That's, huge. that's what you got to do. you got to recruit at home. you got to get the best player from Texas 
every single year. You got the facilities with Moody. You got the new uh, practice facility there. It's the ATX. Like it should be simple business. Yeah, you don't want to hear about those guys ending up at Duke or Kentucky. No, or, hell no, hell especially, no. Or especially Kansas. No, and Ron said exactly what he needed to say. Everything I want to accomplish in my career, I can do with at home. There it is. There you go. Uh, And they will crank up the Moody Center tonight. And if you want to go, just stay tuned. We'll give you a chance to win tickets a little later in the hour. Also, of course, we want to hear from you Longhorn football fans. What did you think of 34-27? Texas beats K-State. Zay, I said I was looking forward to tuning into that postgame show, and I wanted to hear a a happy sound come out of your mouth instead of the uh, 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 that I heard after the (laughs) Oklahoma State game. And I did hear that happy sound. Uh, I know at the watch party there was also an air of relief in the room, a little bit of the wiping of the brow of, whoo, it didn't get away from them again. But 34-27, Longhorns get win number six. It's all that matters, Chad. That's all that matters. In November, we talked about each game being – one of Steve Sarkeesian's most important games, and it seems like it's that's how it is from week to week. This past Saturday was his most important game of his tenure, and he came through finally with all the second-half woes, which are still there. They're still hovering around, like three points in the second half. That's still unacceptable, especially when you put up 31, but at the end of the day, finding ways to win. You know, the Keandre Coburn strip sat, Jalen Ford scoops it up. Like, man, talked about – you know, me and Kev talked about on Saturday, can this team do some fumble recovery drills? Like, we have the worst luck when it comes to jumping on the ball when it's loose. Like, we've had so mm. many opportunities. Yeah. And, yes, the Hunter Deckers one was big in the Iowa State game, and clearly this one was big. But, damn, there were so many opportunities that Adrian Martinez gave the horns, and they get so much good pressure on them. It's just they can't get guys down at times. And this defensive line, they, they carry the defense. They do. The secondary was a little suspect again, but – Hey, you have to rely on this defensive line and Jalen Ford, the hell of a season that he's had, DeMarion Overshone. That front seven is what carries these guys, and they're the ones that made the plays when we needed to have them made. And as far as the offense goes, it looks great in the first half. We know that. But then in the second half, all the false start penalties, the discipline things, like when you're starting first and 15 and then you throw a deep shot, you know, we talked about like just yeah. getting those short passes to make it second and nine, second and eight, so you could get another short gain and then make it three and four and three and three. They never put themselves in those opportunities and they always kick themselves in the butt by these just false starts. There was all, all the penalties came in the second half you got to clean that stuff up but at the end of the day this crew they did what they needed to do to get a win in Manhattan against a very good Kansas State team and now they got college game day coming into town and a big opportunity to mess up some lives with TCU that is true obviously Texas does need to work on that third quarter it was uh it was our man Cameron Parker Zay and Cameron had post game for you again Saturday night said Texas had scored six total points their last three third quarters Oh, my God. I just hadn't realized that it was that bad. And he tweeted that out, and I'm like, wait, what? 
And that 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 is crazy. So this week we'll talk about it all week long. It is a matchup of two teams that deal with storms very differently. TCU is not very comfortable at the beginning of the storm, and the Longhorns are not great at the end of the storm. So how is that all going to play out at DKR? Six thirty kick. Zay mentioned it. College game day is coming to town, which is awesome. And now the Longhorns have set themselves up the way we talked about it. It is as simple as you win, you go to Jerry World. Period. It's easy to figure out. Go do the math. Go look at it. You'll hand TCU their first loss. You will hand Baylor their third. And even if K-State wins out, you're tied. You got the head-to-head. You win out, you're going. That's all you could ask for. Because Oklahoma State already has three conference losses. As long as you stay at two, you're not in any kind of weird tiebreaker with them where they would win a head-to-head. So it's all out in front of Texas now. Huge matchup here. And did I hear Sark right today? I'm going to go double-check his stat that Texas hadn't beaten a top five team at DKR since 1999. Wow. I believe that is what he said today. So I think that makes it Nebraska? Uh, I'm just guessing that it's that Nebraska game is what he's t- it has to be. If that's true, it's all the way back that far. Yeah. So yeah. And, uh, you, and you said it like Sonny Dyke's team, they're an experienced ball club, they play all four quarters. Who knows if Quinton Johnston's going to play. He right. did not play much, and he's clearly their number one option. Hell, he's everybody's number one option. He might be the best wide receiver in the nation. If he doesn't play, that should shake up a lot for them. And, again, I think what TCU does best is what the Horns do best on the defensive side. TCU likes to run the football, whether that's with Duggan or Miller, and this Texas defense is really good at stopping the run. Like Adrian Martinez, I know. Uh, Chris Kleiman did not want to throw the ball 36 times with Adrian Martinez. They barely throw over 20 times with the guy. And they kept showing Will Howard, and you kept thinking, oh, is this maybe a time where they put Will Howard in the Mm -hmm. game? But Adrian Martinez, he made some big-time throws where he he escaped some pressure. And it's like, dang, Byron Murphy, you got your hands on him. Take him down. And Trevondre Sweat, like y'all, he's right there. And he just slips through and makes some darts through the middle to that uh, fullback home number three. 38. So they clearly have some issues. We talked about the middle of the field issues. You hear Rod and you hear Jeff talk about it on their shows, and that's still going to be a point of emphasis for the opposing team to attack. We all know that. Steve Sarkeesian knows that. But if this defensive line, they get pressure, if they start getting sacks, that changes everything. And they get really good pressure on the ball. You heard Steve Sarkeesian and the presser talk about they love uh, putting stats down for hurries, even though they might not be getting sacks. They've gotten a lot of hurries, and I think they're around 20-something sacks now. That's way better than we, what we saw last year. But when you got a team like TCU coming to town, as, as good as they are, you got to finish the job. No doubt. Longhorn's going to try to finish it this week. Somebody points out, but how many top five teams have we actually played at DKR? No, it's a good question. I'll go look that up uh, and see, but it, it does. Not be- many in Big 12. Yeah, no, it has right. That, there's not many. When you're talking about a top five ranked team coming in, there's been plenty of ranked teams, but top five is a whole different world. TCU is four in the AP, and they would you, you would assume would end up in the CFP rankings this week after what happened. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens there tomorrow night. We'll keep talking Texas and K-State. Let us know 
what you thought. 337-3776. Also, congrats to you Astros fans getting that second world championship. Up next, college football where Bama and Clemson both lost. The NFL where somehow the Bucks and Chiefs both won. We will talk about our picks and how a couple of those guys, uh, a couple big-time quarterbacks, saved us in the picks this weekend. Ball don't lie, y'all struggling. Plus, y'all struggling, riding hard, y'all struggling. Oh, they, one they, in five, that ain't a good look. Yeah, yeah, they were one in four, four this that week. That ain't one a good four. look. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. that ain't a good look, fellas. Uh, we'll talk about those coming up. Also, in the crap bag, don't worry. I know some will accuse me of running from the Aggie thing today. I will not do that. A&M's lost five in a row. We'll talk about the question somebody asked me at the watch party. Am I done with Jimbo was the question. I'll try to answer it coming up later on on the horn. Oh, sometimes you don't have to write the complex song. Just write the song. So, guys, I'm thinking of a song. You know, like, I don't know, like I want to rock or something like that. Oh, stop. Stop, D. Write write that song. Huge hit for Twisted Sister back in the day. Once again, I have to ask. Are we mocking Twisted Sister here? No, this song's fire. Okay. This is an absolute classic, but... If you can recite these lyrics, then you're on a whole nother level because out he's going so fast. I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> oh wow! I, I don't got, know if anybody does. How do you not mumble that part? Yeah, I've got some of them. That's for the big. I have. I probably have some of them. I'm not the biggest Twisted Sisters fan alive, but I got some of it. But you're right. It is. It is tough. So this. Nothing in the woman makes me go. <laughs> Nothing in the what? world that makes me go, uh, see? I believe. See? No, it's tough. Yeah, the makeup was a little off too, but... I waited for so long so I could hear my favorite song, so let's go. Okay. That's what that last little bit okay. was, I think. All right. Yeah. little Twisted Sister to get us started today. Do these guys have other hits, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got uh, We're Not Gonna Take It. Oh, all right. That's yeah. Twisted Sister. That's like the white anthem. I want to rock that. Is a, that song was <laughs> massive on MTV for a while. Yeah, it, that was every other moment. Uh, those are their two biggest hits. There's, there's a couple others, but that is the biggest. Uh, those are probably the biggest two for them. All right, so uh, we'll get other, uh, obviously, other great tunes for you. We'll get some more great Longhorn discussion in with Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com at 105. He was there for the Sark Press Conference today. Uh, and, of course, that came your way at 11. 11 o'clock. couple of updates, Longhorn-wise. We don't know the Kansas kick time yet. They did the six-day window on that. Remember, that game is at Kansas on the 19th, so we don't know uh, what, what the kick time will be until this coming weekend. Of course, you got Texas and TCU this Saturday at 6.30. Our pregame will start at 2.30 on Bevo Boulevard. And yes, college game day is in town for Texas and TCU. Yo, Chad, you, one of the biggest parts of the Texas-Kansas State game that I think we have forgotten very early that affected the whole game and definitely affected what Kansas State was probably trying to do, especially in the first half defensively, with number tw- uh, 23, Brents, when he left the game for targeting. Yep. Him at 6'4", 
200 and something pounds, like he has a chance to play on Sundays. They're, a lot mm-hmm. of teams are going to take a look at him just because he's a tough son of a gun and his measurables are out of this world. Again, 6'4", you know, however many pounds, over 200-something pounds. He went out in that first drive, like third, fourth play of the game with that. It was targeting, but that shot on uh, Jordan Winnington, and yeah, that had to affect Kansas State for the rest of the game because he's one of their best defensive players. So obviously you're a Longhorn fan, so it might, you know, it might color the way you look at that, but did you think it was targeting? Did you think that it should have been called? I thought the flag should have been thrown. I don't think he should have been tossed. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's, that's just how I, I feel about that call. Like, I don't... Jordan Winton, he was still good. It wasn't like he was in concussion protocol or anything. Like I don't think it was that dramatic where he needed to be gone from the game. Yeah, I mean, right. I, yeah. I have no love lost. That's what the yeah, damn yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, I was, hey, sayonara, homie. Yeah, I like, I mean, we've talked about it. I don't like the fact that we're demonizing the defensive guys and throwing them out of the game. But on one side of it, I could say, I thought the contact point was kind of a shoulder or maybe top of the chest, and the helmets kind of made incidental contact. But on the other side of it, if you go back and watch, that ball is gone from Whittington, and he's got a good step and a half to adjust. There was a play in the A&M Florida game where a Florida guy backed off of a hit he could have made at about the one-yard line, and he just backed off. He put his hands up in the air, and he kind of ran by, changed the whole angle of it. In that moment, if he is good enough to play on Sundays, I think I can argue to 23, he needed to change something. Oh, yeah. Something needed to change in a full step and a half. He, he was not on Whittington right as the ball was gone. That ball was through Whittington's hands, and he knew it was gone. Oh, he was trying to send the message. It was right. definitely a, a, I'm one of the top players on our defense. This is the first possession of the game. I'm trying to send a message to my team and to Texas that we here and y'all are in for absolute dogfight, and it completely yeah. backfired. And what he needed to do was simply find a rib, and he didn't. Yeah, he just went too high. Uh, so in the end, I understood why they called it. You're right. That is a massive – that did have a big effect on the game. Texas ultimately stretches out to a lead. They hang on. They make a big defensive play when they needed it. 34-27 was the final. And again, we got your chance to win Texas basketball tickets coming up this segment. Chad and Zay with you on a Monday. There's a lot of text rolling in. Um, there was a lot of uh, – somebody says Saturday was a rough day for Philly. Lost the World Series. Lost the MLS Cup. Up on the same day. That's right. Brutal. Both those teams did lose uh, on the same same one. All right. So uh, lots of stuff obviously coming with the college football side of things. Uh, Texas beating K State. Uh, uh, you also over the weekend had Bama and Clemson losing. Let's take a look at our picks in the Supreme picks. We did have a three and two week. Thanks to Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Those two comebacks locked us in at 3 and 2 Zay. Man. We it was going bad for us. We got the Georgia thing to start with, then we missed the Bama thing and that's close going overtime. We had the Clemson pick all wrong. Congrats to Notre Dame on a big win. But then those two comebacks yesterday put us at 3 and 2. We are no longer in the overall lead as a team. And we are, and now the horn is no. The horn yeah. was already out of Good it. Good looking out, Rod and Harge. Good looking out as an organization. Good looking out, Rod and Harge did go one and four. <laughs> they went one and four. They did. That's tough. It was a tough week. It I'm was not going to lie. It, it was, was a tough week. No, we it was a rough week. We could have easily been just like them. And yes, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes didn't go crazy at the very end. You know, let's go to the Bucks game first. Jalen Ramsey was 
pissed after the game. Yeah, I would. If he walked home, I wouldn't be shocked. Oh man, he was bad. Cause hey, other two minutes, y'all get a huge stop, big time fourth down stop, and he was in the middle of it. So I, he's especially mad because he made some big time yeah. plays covering those guys. And yeah, my man Miller, you got to catch that ball that hits you right in the dome. Like it could have been over with. How many drops did the Bucks have? Twenty <laughs> six. Like, they said it was six. It felt like 46 to me. It was a lot. I watched every second of that game. I still don't know how they won it. I mean, wow. I do, Tom Brady. Yeah. It's Tom Brady and one more drive. And that defense, the Bucks defense, held them together long enough and kept saying, all right, Tom, you got to drive in you. Receivers, you want to make a catch? And finally, somebody did. So it was just three straight plays, like not even 20 seconds, I think, left the board uh, when Jalen Ramsey was so mad. Then they punted it. Then that defense by... Okay, if I'm Sean McVay, I'm like, look, Jalen, our defense at the end was awful too because when you have no timeouts like the Bucks did and you know that they got to throw the football and you're playing the run and they do a pl- freaking play action and everybody goes for Everybody bites. For yeah. Right? No, I mean, they, they... So, uh, so if you're Sean McVay, I'm probably going to have a meeting with Jalen Ramsey like, hey, we all – were a big part in this loss. Yeah, yeah. No, it took a village to screw that one up. It looked like the Rams were going to win the game. Bucks come back and win that one. And then last night, just another example of Patrick Mahomes. 68 times. Being a different kind of dude. Andy Reid said, we're going to throw the ball 68 times with this guy and complete 43 of them. And he was running for his life. That Tennessee... They're a lot tougher than I thought they were. Rabel, he does a great job. That defense and Malik Willis, like, wow, I don't know what what they were doing with him on the offensive end. That was awful. His stat line compared to Pat Mahomes, like 5 for 16. Oh, yeah. That, that's a joke. But, yeah, Patrick Mahomes using his legs, he, he's just – that's why he's one of the best. That's why he gets paid basically almost a billion dollars. Like, he is one of the special ones, and he showcased that last night in that overtime victory. Yeah, that – I mean, the six it's, – you know, it's listed as 6 for 63, uh, and you have 10 and a half a carry. That's bad enough, but it felt – Twice that bad for Tennessee. That drive of, what, third and 17 and he gets 20. Third and nine gets him the touchdown. And then after a couple penalties, the two-point conversion he gets into. Just that quickness. He's got that. It's not quite, you know, it's not Lamar Jackson putting his foot in the ground. And it's not Kyler Murray putting his foot in the ground. It's not quite that sudden. But when he makes the decision to go... He can get exactly what he needs, and he's always doing it faster than the defense can keep up. I mean, there's a certain, like, almost smooth speed yeah. to him. He's it's deceptive. A, he's just an athlete. Like, people forget when he was in high school, he hooped. When he was in high school, he played baseball. Yep. And he was also an elite quarterback coming out of that, uh, uh, what, east part of Texas, what, Tyler area? So Yeah, he, I think he's somewhere out there in east Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's just a gamer. He's just a straight-up athlete. And, yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing pretty, but it's always at the right time, that big-time third and 17, and then you look on the other side, like Malik Willis, that last drive in overtime, you got to get rid of the football. You can't yeah. hold on to it that long and put yourself in that situation. He's young, you know, he's only a rookie, and, you know, they, they definitely, once they, once 
the Chiefs realized, hey, we can't allow Derrick Henry to beat us, which he was dominating that first half. That's when the game changed. And Patrick Mahomes, yeah, throwing it 68 times, believing in your quarterback. Like, I know he's icing that arm today. Yeah, he, for he definitely is. For the rest of the AFC and the rest of the NFL, for that matter, if you've been waiting for that scary moment when the Chiefs seem to figure out, like, how they're going to live without Tyreek Hill, who are they going to find to go along with Travis Kelsey? Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, 10 catches, Not bad. 12 targets, 88 yards, had a 17. So together, he and Kelsey had 20 catches for 194. Uh-oh. That's a big uh-oh for everybody else. All the different guys that caught balls, I think it was 11 different guys. That catch by Noah Gray was unbelievable. Oh, that was crazy. I thought that was Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, dude, just making catches for him, making big plays, uh, and we know they're going to scheme it up well. Even Andy Reid doesn't want to go 68 times in a game, but the fact that they pulled that off, how do you get those 68 balls in an NFL game, carry it 19 times and win? That's silly. Tennessee's got to be kicking themselves. Rams and Titans had to be feeling pretty bad today. But the Bucks got a win. They're somehow still in first place at four and five in that division with Atlanta. And then with the Chiefs, they're just they're one of the best teams. They're six and two. They may not be as good as they were when they won the Super Bowl. And obviously Hill losing Hill's a big deal, but boy, that's a tough out. And we watched Buffalo lose yesterday. Man. As well. That <laughs> Josh Allen, he threw some passes yesterday. Like, what the hell are you thinking, man? It looked like rookie Josh Allen. Like, yep. ah, that team that they got in over there in New York, they're a tough ball club. Sauce Gardner, we talk about their rookies all the time. Uh, they're a tough ball club. And, you know, before we go to break, let me say something about Clemson real quick because a lot of Horn fans were very quick to – look at Dabo Sweeney and see how good of a move he made with putting Cade Klubnick in there. And, yeah, it was a good move at the time, but clearly you have to have a mentally tough team to make certain moves that might affect not only the game that you're in, but the rest of the season. If you don't, you can't tell me that DJU isn't in his head at this point and could say, my coach believes in me with how it went down in that Syracuse game and what we saw on Saturday and Notre Dame. And I get it, Longhorn fans. I wish we had a team to where Steve Sarkeesian might have been comfortable enough to pull Quinn Ewers in Stillwater and put in a Hudson car to go win that game and not have to deal with Quinn Ewers wondering or looking over his shoulder about, does my coach believe in me? I wish we wouldn't even have to think about that because Quinn Ewers is tough enough and this team as a whole is mentally tough enough to just keep on rolling and not have that thing affect them but that's just not the case for every single team and when I saw what I saw in Clemson versus Notre Dame and how they got their ass whooped first thing I thought about was oh they had a bye and they look worse than how they did and Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's for sure that the reason why they lost because DJU was in his head and worried about K Klubnick and whatnot but that's the risk you have by benching your starting quarterback sometimes and not believing in them. That, and, yes, yeah. the Horns lost that Stillwater game. I get that. But you have to have a mentally tough team and mentally tough players to make certain moves. Sometimes you just don't. Sometimes you just don't. And Dabo, he definitely took a risk 
at making that move yeah. last week. And, oh, he tried to come back with it and say, DJ, you Steph Curry. And he's like, he immediately that. said he was the guy, yeah, he, right? Yeah, he immediately said he was yeah. the guy. He tried to come back and salvage that. But with how DJ, you played last season and with how good Clay Kubnick and all the hype he's coming in with as a five star quarterback, there are certain things you got to be delicate with. And they have an issue now. That's a serious issue that they got up there in Dabo Sweeney and how they got their ass whooped in South Bend. Now they got a serious issue because he put K. Klubnick in in this game and K. didn't look good. And now he's interchanging guys and platooning and stuff. Now they got a serious issue and they're sitting at 12 with no chance of college football playoff. Now I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of that game. It says Cade was only like 0 for, 0 for 1 and yeah, threw a pick. Did he put him in just at the very end? Was it already 35-14? No, no, no. It wasn't. Oh, we put he, him in he earlier. Put him in, he put him out. It wasn't 35-14. It was okay. in the second half sometime. Mm. And then, okay. yeah. But that's that's the risk you go. Now look at where the horns are. Look at where the horns are. In a prime position to go to Jerry World. Prime position. Now Quinn Ewers could say, man, for the worst game I've had in my career, this coach believes in me. And this coach did a better job of putting them in situations to be successful this go around, especially in the first half. Second half, we clearly need to work on things. <laughs> but I, Steve Sarkeesian sticking with this guy, it paid off. Even with that loss to Stillwater, look where Oklahoma State is. Now Texas has game day coming in. They're in prime position to beat TCU and go to Jerry World and win a Big 12 title and – that move, not putting Quinn in, hey, we could say that could have benefited and changed the season by him not doing that. Hmm. Interesting. Let us know what you think on the Specs text line. Do you agree with Zay on that move and kind of what you saw this weekend? Specs text line 337-3776. Here's your chance to get Texas basketball tickets. The men start the season tonight at Moody Center against UTEP. Let's go caller six right now to 447-3776. Call Zay up. Let him know you can go. And a pair of tickets to the game tonight will be yours. Call him right now. Up next in the crab bag, we'll talk a little bit about what's happening to the Aggies right now. If you're a Longhorn fan, your team's looking pretty good, and that team in College Station, not so much. This is the Horn. So we're going there. Chase the little twisted sister with some Madonna. Now we're getting off to a start. I love Madonna, man. Do you? Oh, yeah. Would you see Madonna live? Oh, yeah. You go to that show? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. If you've banged Tupac and Prince, (laughs) you're an absolute legend of a woman. Uh, Madonna's seen some things. She's seen some seen things. Seen some things and been some places. Twisted Sister and Madonna getting us started today. Shout out to all those Rock and Roll Hall of Fame folks. They had that ceremony over the weekend. Had some crazy stories coming out of there. I cannot wait to see the show. I admit, as a full-grown man, I'm going to get emotional and I'm probably going to cry when I see Dolly Parton and Rob Halford singing together. I just am. I'm going to tell you right now. Because apparently it happened and apparently they're singing Jolene and I'm just going to start crying. Oh, Jolene, Jolene. I'm going to lose my crap when that happens. And by the way, if you don't get the the, the musical like 
sort of irony that it would be if Rob Halford walks up to Dolly Parton and says, Jolene, Jolene, you know, don't take... Please don't take him just because you can. Like, that's fantastic. Rob Halford, openly gay man, singing Jolene. With, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, beautiful story. Yeah. Oh, God. Now, and, question. Has Dolly ever posed for Playboy or anything? No. Do- Dolly had a story years ago where she made an agreement with, I believe it was Penthouse, that when she turned 70, it was either 75 or 100, that if they wanted her to pose, she would. If someone still wanted to see it, she would do it. And then I think that I think it was seventy five, and that birthday came around, and it never happened. Oh come on, Penthouse! But I don't. She's been on the cover of Playboy. I don't believe there's ever been a, a, a you know photo shoot. Wait a minute! You can't be on the cover and not go in. Oh yeah, you put can. Out. How? Well, yeah, you can. If you're a big enough star, you can. They've done that a few times over the years. Like if you're in there because you did a that's a scam. If you did like a badass interview, they'll that's sometimes a, put you on the cover. That's a flat out scam. Well, probably. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. That's a little bit of a deflection. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I know there are some people trying to see Dolly Parton yeah. at this point of her life. There right it now. is. Here I am. All right. So we got Joe Cook coming up at 1:05, and as luck would have it, we have wasted just enough time where I'm not going to have to talk about the Aggies a lot. But let's get you a little Aww. bit of crap bag here. Let's go. Come on, Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just. Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. So here are the, the, the facts. We'll just lay them out. Last time A&M lost five games in a row, it was 1980. <laughs> That's how long it's been. Uh, here's the question for you, Zay. Do you know how much longer the Aggies are on the hook for Jimbo Fisher? Do you know how much longer? Oh, man. It has to be till like, 2029, that era. You're almost there. It's 2031. Ah! Because when they they re-upped, it now means it's nine more years um, that they would be on the hook for. Somebody asked me, are you done with Jimbo at the watch party? My answer would ultimately be, not really, but my expectations weren't as high as a whole lot of people when he was hired. If your expectation is he has to win a national title or it's a failure, well, you failed to start because that's a really tough road to ask him to go through. If you said he has to go play for the SEC title in Atlanta, I would still say that might be a little bit of a tough bar to hit, ultimately, if that's what you want. So the question would be, is the culture destroyed? Like, is it complete destruction? Because so far he's been about what you kind of knew he was. Behind the scenes, whatever Jimbo is, I think you kind of knew. The people in Tallahassee would tell you sort of what Jimbo was. The big concern right now would be that in the last two games, they've given up six yards a carry. 113 carries for 681 and four touchdowns. Woo! Between Ole Miss and ain't, Florida. Ain't winning many games like that. It's going to be tough to do. So the, the, the thing is, to me, if you're going to respect that class they put together in 22 and you don't believe that they've all given up on Jimbo, then don't you have to give that class a chance to grow? Don't you have to give that class a chance to get at least two years down the line and say, what does it look like? So my question today, Zay, to all the Aggies would be this. Do you want him to coach the game when Texas is back on the schedule? Because that's way before 2031. You have two full seasons of football to play, and then in the 25 season, that's when Texas joins the SEC, and unless somebody, the the schedulers are morons, they're going to put them on a schedule together. 
Do you want him coaching that game? Longhorn fans are going to try to figure that out over the next two years about Sark, aren't they? Aren't you? Oh, yeah. Right? Ultimately, you're kind of thinking, not that that's the only game that matters, but it's one of them. you got a big rival coming back. You're going in the SEC. Do you want him coaching that game? That's the question I would ask Aggie fans right now. Like, if you're an Aggie out there, are you done? You're done. Five years in, this is it. Injuries, the flu hit. They had like 12 guys with the flu on Saturday. I'm not making an excuse, but it's part of the reason of what was going on. Are they bad this year? Oh, yeah. And they got to win out to go to a bowl game. It's crazy. So here, I would love it. Yeah, here's That's your, for sure. And here's your last bit of balance, Texas fans. Right now, your team is six and three, and college game day is coming to Austin. Right now, A and M is three and six. They're about to go to Auburn to play. And today on Line Zay, I saw that I could get a ticket for thirty one dollars. I'm just gonna let that's, that's that's still a little bit high. Gonna let the, how dare you? I, I think I, how <laughs> dare I think you? That's a little bit high you still. You don't think the battle of three and six teams at Auburn is worth thirty one dollars? No. How dare you? A and M at Auburn. Then they will play the UMass Pillow game, and then they will host LSU. They've got to win them all if they're going to go to a bowl. We'll see just how upset the Aggies might be with Jimbo. Remember, if they did decide to cut bait. Ninety-five million, something like that. Yeah, especially with the way Brian Kelly's been looking in his first year Oof. down in Baton Rouge. That's, that don't look good for Jimbo either. That's a whole other thing too. Yeah, we'll get to that this week. Uh, that, that was an incredible story and an incredible game too with LSU and Bama. All right, there's a little crap bag for you. We do it every day about twelve forty-five. Coming up, Joe Cook inside Texas on three dot com. Longhorns beat K State. Now they move to the other purple problem. They handled the first one. Can they handle TCU? We'll talk about it on the horn.